0: guys, welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 9, A Deep-Fried Korean Thanksgiving.
1: But first, we wanted to uh, discuss the Emmy nominations for this year that were announced yesterday. And a
0: little
1: little spat that was uh, caused by some tweets written by Eleni, not me, so get mad at her.
0: Um, excuse me. You added flame to the fire. I yes. did
1: only because they're only because they're being ridiculous, and I was like, okay, listen. So.
0: That's yes. I them down.
1: <laughs> I had to because it, cause it was just ridiculous. So please tell everybody what happened on our Twitter yesterday.
0: Okay, so it's really not a big deal.
1: <laughs> it's not, but we're but we're, we're melodramatic bitches. So just make it into a story.
0: I think the only reason like I would like to talk about it is because you also posted that thing. Um you posted that story well TikTok about Cameron Michaels? Yeah. Saying like I don't like coffee and I thought you should know.
1: <laughs> yeah, like unsolic- unsolicited opinions from strangers.
0: Yeah, basically. So, um this year is a weird year uh for many reasons. Yes. But I think um the fact that the pandemic is happening has made people way more invested in the Emmys. Super- do you get that do you get that impression?
1: Um I think so.
0: Yeah, I think people just like need something normal in their lives.
1: Yeah, so, there have been a lot of like more people on social media at least who are like more interested in the Emmys than in previous years.
0: Yeah, because normally it'd be like, "Oh, congrats to these people, blah blah blah, let's move on." Um this year is not the case. <laughs> so, um the list of Emmy the list of Emmy nominees came out yesterday. Uh, Going through the list, everything's fine. And then I noticed on our Twitter feed, a lot of people were really upset by the fact that A, Lauren Graham didn't get nominated for an Emmy. And B, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist didn't get nominated in the Best Comedy uh, category. Yeah. So then I, (laughs) um, well, first I only stuck with the Lauren Graham part. And I said, let me find it. Ready? I said, controversial opinion of the day, Lauren Graham does not deserve an Emmy nomination for Zoe, but definitely deserved one for Parenthood. Yeah. And (laughs) people were not happy.
1: No, and I think it might have... So you tweeted that, and then you also... And then I
0: tweeted, um, because people were also upset that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist did not get nominated for Best Comedy Series, and I wrote another controversial opinion of the day, this show is not Emmy-worthy. No. And then that's the one that people were freaking out about the most, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and it's just, it is just important to point out that, like, all of the people who were yelling at us um, for being wrong about that are mostly either Lauren Graham diehards or Jane Levy fans, and most of them are one and the same.
0: Yeah, well, whatever. Um, we got a lot of people... Uh, tweeting at us, I don't think anyone asked you, no one asked you, blah, blah, blah. Um, some people were nice. They were just like, I disagree and this is why, which is fine. Um, by the way, no one asked. It's Twitter. No one ever asks.
1: No. like.
0: It's like, literally what Twitter was made for.
1: And that's like the epitome of an, of an immature comeback where it's like, you tweet an opinion, then I tweet an opinion, and it's like, nobody asked you. Okay, well, nobody asked you in the first place. <sighs>
0: Oh God! And then Jeffrey added fuel to the fire.
1: Okay, it was okay. I have to just say it because it's (laughs) it's it's just it's what the argument was about was the fact that a show with an actress that you like didn't get nominated. So what you're what you're saying?
0: And that's exactly what Jeffrey said. He said, "P.S.A. A series isn't Emmy worthy solely because it has your fave in it." Kay, thanks. Bye. And a really sassy gif of Nene Leakes saying, bye.
1: Did, "Did I lie? No, where's I, my lie? Where's I, the lie?
0: You lied." <laughs>
1: um, it's just because I think everybody who was like upset that there's always extraordinary players didn't get nominated were all Lauren Graham fans slash Jane Levy fans, and uh, that's fine. But again, <laughs> uh, a show isn't Emmy worthy just because it has your favorite in it. Sorry, uh, not sorry.
0: um yeah so i text jeffrey after and i was like people are shitting on us because of me i'm sorry but i'm not sorry no and then um (laughs) he he kind of went off
1: please (laughs) read my message
0: oh yeah okay you want me to i was gonna say do you want me to read it or you just want me to paraphrase
1: (laughs) please read it verbatim
0: Um, okay, so verbatim, I text him, we're getting shit on all kinds because of my tweets, sorry, not sorry, whatever, and then he wrote, ugh, everyone thinks the show they love deserves an Emmy. What does Zoe deserve an Emmy for? Bad acting? Bad lip-syncing? Overacting? Take your pick.
1: I said what I said.
0: He said what he said.
1: To quote another NeNe leaks gif, I said what I said.
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna say close your legs to married men.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that too, but
0: um, yeah. So let let look. I don't know. So yeah, like you said, just because you really like a show doesn't mean it's Emmy worthy.
1: No, and I feel like that's the worst part about social media in awards season, because it's like
0: everyone's gotta, a critic, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone's a critic, and they think that the show that they like. Like, you're allowed to love whatever you love, like whatever you like. That's perfectly okay. And if you personally believe it deserved an Emmy for X amount of reasons, cool. But I think in this case, it wasn't really, uh, you know, critical opinions. It was more just like, I love this show. I love Lauren Graham. It needs an Emmy. But, like, that's basically all you were saying. And sorry, that's not a good enough reason to receive an Emmy nomination.
0: I love Lauren Graham as much as the next person. But her performance in Zoe was nothing spectacular,
1: and she was recurring. Like she wasn't even a main car- a main cast member.
0: That number one, so she wouldn't even have been nominated. By the way, in the um, supporting role, she would have been the guest role. Exactly. Um, like I love her too, but not her. And it's not because she's not a great actress, but the show is not. The writing is not Emmy worthy.
1: Nope.
0: So. There's only so much a, an actor can do with it, right?
1: And um, it's, unfortunately, just not her best work.
0: Yeah, but, like, it doesn't mean that it's not a fun show, whatever. But I do have to say, if there's one thing that it should have been acknowledged for, the show I'm saying... Yeah. Not, not best comedy, let's be honest, no. But, like, I, something production value-wise, like getting together all those extras and putting together those musical numbers... Like, dance numbers, I should say. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Like, a strong maybe.
0: Like, a strong maybe. But not best comedy series. Relax. It was, like, how many episodes? Eleven?
1: Yeah. Like, one season. Even
0: a full season. They took a freaking hiatus. No, stop, guys. Come on. Come on. It's enough.
1: (laughs) Considering that schitt's creek which received a record-breaking 15 emmy nominations for its final season like it took six seasons for the emmys to like even consider it
0: yeah and i feel like the only reason they did is because um it started getting more recognition in the states exactly uh, because before then, like, it's always been amazing. The writing has always been amazing. <laughs> the acting has always been amazing, but it was it was more like this Canadian show, this cutesy Canadian show. And then once uh, U.S. people started taking note of it, that's when it really blew up. I will say, though, at least Eugene Levy and um, Catherine O'Hara were nominated last year as well. Yeah, they were. But this year was, like, big for them.
1: And Dan Levy and Annie Murphy both got nominations too, which and is
0: Dan Levy got nominated three times.
1: True, because also...
0: writer and director.
1: Yes, hopefully he wins at least one of them. Seriously, poor
0: guy. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's ugh, come on, come on, guys. What planet are you living on that Zoe? You think Zoe deserves Best Comedy?
1: And like after one season, like get like I'm no. not going to say <laughs> it won't ever be Emmy Emmy worthy, but right now, no, sorry.
0: So, whatever. We just lost more followers, but I don't care.
1: No. And while we're on the topic of Emmys, though, it's interesting because I think, I don't know if, we, if we've brought it up or discussed it in length, at length in the past, um, but we have talked about how Gilmore Girls kind of went unrecognized by the Emmys for the most part. Yeah. And, again, bi- uh, we're probably biased here, too, because we love Gilmore Girls, but I would I would, you know, allege that if Lauren Graham was going to be nominated for anything. Yes, definitely Parenthood, because she did a great job on Parenthood. But Mm -hmm. also, like, the fast-paced dialogue of Gilmore Girls, like, the delivery of that, just so many different performances they did on Gilmore Girls. Like, that all went unacknowledged by the the Emmys. So, So.
0: I think we've talked about this before, probably, like, in our first season, when we were, like, a baby podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we talked about the fact that, um, at least for its writing... And um, you know its storylines. It definitely went unnoticed. Yeah, it took Mrs. Mazel for Amy Sherman-Palladino and Dan Palladino to be recognized.
1: Yeah,
0: when really the dialogue was more fast-paced and just as witty in Gilmore Girls. Um, but yeah, I would argue. Well, I also had this conversation with somebody on on our Instagram. Where they asked me, oh, you think she... Very nice, by the way. Nothing nothing cruel about it. But they were like, oh, you think she deserved one for Parenthood? And why not? They were genuinely curious. And they said, why not Gilmore Girls? And I said, listen, I don't think her acting was... um I think her acting was really great in Gilmore Girls. Don't get me wrong. But I think it was, in moments, very great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, not... You know what I mean? Like, very Emmy-worthy wasn't constant, you know?
1: No. I, it was it was a much more layered performance on Parenthood for her.
0: Exactly. But, I mean, it also helps that it was there was always something going on with her life in, <laughs> in Parenthood. Yeah. Um, but, again, that's not to say she's not a great actress. Chill, people.
1: And, like, I don't know, maybe... Where like where where you're at with the Emmys and how they work, but like just because something doesn't get recognized by the Emmys doesn't mean it's not still a great show that you're allowed to love. like exactly. The, the Emmys aren't the end all and be all of everything. Like yeah, it means it was critically acclaimed, got recognized, like was worthy of some kind of big award, but that doesn't mean that little shows that go under the radar and don't get no- don't get acknowledged, mostly shows like Shit's Creek which is why it's a big deal that a show like that got acknowledged now. Like, doesn't mean you're not allowed to not still love those and champion those little, like, hidden gems.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. And, like, I just want to say, just think about the Academy Awards that for years ignored people of color, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, some might argue, still ignoring people of color. But, um, you know, the Emmys for the first time is a little bit more diverse this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of Insecure that got a lot of nominations. Uh, Inth- Insecure has always been an amazing show, right?
1: <laughs> I've never seen it, actually.
0: You should get on that. But I just sh- because um, it's not getting the recognition it deserves doesn't mean it's not great. No. Um, and vice versa. If it does get recognition, sometimes we don't agree, right?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, but anyways it's 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 an iffy topic i feel like more and more people now have an opinion because they need something to care about for sure um but that was our two cents and we're still getting comments of like go fuck yourself
1: so i guess uh take it or leave it that's uh what we have to say on the emmys
0: yep that was it
1: So before we dive into Episode 9, I actually want to uh, go back to Episode 7 for a second. Oh,
0: my goodness. Because
1: a listener on Instagram pointed out to us uh, where the title reference came from for the Dance Marathon episode.
0: Yes.
1: Um, It's a reference to a 1969 tragedy film called They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Um, Which focuses...
0: Yeah, sorry, go
1: ahead. Which focuses um, and I'm quoting from, from Wikipedia here. A, d- a disparate group of characters desperate to win a desperate to win a depression era dance marathon and the opportunistic MC who urges them on.
0: Yeah, if that doesn't scream run, I don't know what does.
1: So, I think maybe the dance marathon itself like the theme was from this movie cuz it's says depression era dance marathon i don't know like the in the in the in the the gilmore girls episode it kind of seemed to me like 1945 ish clothing yeah, it
0: seemed like post-world war ii
1: yeah so maybe they were like it was loose a loose interpretation of this movie
0: i don't know there's we said it before there's just so much fucking going on in that episode
1: <laughs> and according to uh this wikipedia page there's also been other shows that have uh referenced either the name of the movie in a in an episode title or some kind of plot or theme. And these include uh, That Girl, The Odd Couple, The Partridge Family, Happy Days, Designing Women, uh, Due South, Melrose Place, Family Matters, Ally McBeal, ER, Sex and the City, etc., etc., etc. There's a lot of different cultural interpretations of this movie, apparently, which I've never seen. Have you ever seen it?
0: No, but it sounds... I don't know. <laughs> it Sometimes.
1: sounds like that sounds a little old now but
0: yeah for sure but somebody commented um because it was more than one person that told us about it uh somebody commented that it was like really traumatizing for them oh really So I don't know why (laughs) um I don't know why but I don't want to find out
1: (laughs) now I'm intrigued like I kind of want to check this out
0: maybe when quarantine is over and we can actually get together we can watch it
1: yes let's let's put our cards on that yeah let's do it
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, but like we said, there was just so much going on in that fucking episode that you don't know what the fuck, you don't know what up and down was, basically. No,
1: And, like, does it really matter that we didn't know what the episode was referencing? Because at this point, there was so much to pay attention to.
0: Honestly, though, I do have to say, I was like, I wish we kind of would have done our homework beforehand.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's why I, want, I wanted to make a point of saying that, um, we're the worst and we didn't actually do enough homework for that for that episode, so please forgive us on that one.
0: We just were so um, happy that Dean was finally going bye-bye.
1: Yes, I'm so distracted by Jess's beauty. Anyway, moving Only on. Him.
0: Only him. <laughs> um, yeah, so moving on. Today we're going to discuss the Thanksgiving episode. Um, I would say arguably one of the n- the next best episodes of the season.
1: This episode, yes, I would agree that it's one of the best of season three but Lorelai pisses the shit out of me in this episode, and I want to smack her much like in episode eight. Agreed. So much agreement. But before we talk about Lorelai, can we talk about Grey Gardens? Okay. Because...
0: <laughs> yeah, go I ahead. Was-
1: because I'm obsessed with Grey Gardens.
0: Okay, so I was going to say, if you guys haven't seen Grey Gardens, Oh my god, what are you missing? So much you're missing.
1: So I haven't seen the original, but I've seen the one with the one with Drew Barrymore that was made for HBO.
0: Okay, I've seen the original.
1: Okay. I really I really I really need to see the original now because I watched the one with Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lang last summer and I was okay, so, like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this.
0: Yeah, so let's be honest. Let's be honest, okay? The only reason people our age know about this is because of Jinx monsoon.
1: Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay,
0: so if you don't know who Jinx Monsoon is, Jinx was the winner of season five of RuPaul's Drag Race. And on Drag Race, they do this thing called the Snatch Game, much like the Match Game, where celebrities try and fill in the blank blah, blah, blah. But they have to do a... The queens have to do a character. hmm And Jinx chose to do Little Edie.
1: And, and nobody if, knew who that was. They were like, what the
0: Yeah, fuck? everyone was like, who the fuck is that? So little Edie, or just Edie Bouvier, if we if we can, <laughs> um, is Jackie Kennedy's cousin. Yeah. Um, and the Kennedys kind of decided that she shouldn't be seen
1: because they were they had like a very unusual backstory.
0: Yeah. Um, and for a powerful, beautiful family like the Kennedys, they were like, "Ain't nobody got to see where what our family is." <laughs>
1: But that only worked out for so long because eventually, um, their disgusting, decaying home became the subject of much media attention.
0: Yeah. Um, it's actually really, a really fascinating story. Little Edie. really is. She was very pretty. Um, like she had a coming out party, much like Rory. Uh, she was very involved in high society and it's amazing what one rich family can do. Um... But yeah, so the documentary that Lorelai and Rory are watching in the opening scene is Grey Gardens. They're watching Little Edie and her mother. Um, And it's fucking hilarious.
1: (laughs) It really is. It does sound good. It's actually, like, what's so fascinating for me about Grey Gardens is that it's, like, such a precursor to reality television. Yes, yes. Like, this movie came out in 1976. Like, reality television was so off the map at that point.
0: Yeah. It was it was the origins of reality television. Some might like
1: say. you love the Kardashians. Um, L- Little Edie and Big Edie were yeah. like they invented the Kardashians.
0: Get on the gaze. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Um, it's it's so funny. Just that one snippet that they show where Little Edie's trying to sing.
1: Yeah. Oh and my Edie god.
0: Like Edie.
1: <laughs> because she was like. Honestly, if you haven't seen the the HBO movie that they made about um, Grey Gardens with Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lange, you have to watch it because it's just, it really captures their story so well. Yeah. And I haven't, like Like I said, I haven't seen the original documentary, but I need to. And it's just so funny because little Edie thought she was like the cat's ass. Like she thought she was like the most talented woman to ever walk the earth. And she just, she just wasn't. And it's just so cute and funny to watch her perform and like think that she's talented when she's just really not. <laughs> Much
0: like myself when I lip sync for my life in my living room.
1: And then you slip and hit your head.
0: Yeah, well, that's another story. <laughs>
1: um, it's just, But it's just hilarious, and you have to watch that movie. And um, it's funny because in the movie, uh, Little Edie references how she could have married uh, JFK and been the first lady, but her mother held her back. I'm yeah. I'm like, mm, maybe. Did
0: she? Did she? <laughs> <laughs> Is <her> fault, though?
1: <laughs> I don't know. But um,
0: yeah, no, it's a really great movie. The documentary and the movie. Yeah. Um, highly recommend. We should also do a live watch party of that. <laughs> should. Um, but yeah, so the opening scene gave us that. I actually forgot that that was the opening scene and was presently, presently too. pleasantly surprised when I saw it again. So I was like, oh, little Edie.
1: And I also love how Lorelai and Rory kind of realized that they're, just, they're only a few years away from becoming uh, <laughs> little Edie and big Edie. So... Yeah. Uh,
0: Better uh, stop that train. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: All right. So, uh, like we said, this is Thanksgiving episode, whole premise is that the girls have four Thanksgiving uh, meals or soirees to attend. Yes. Um, but no problem for them because they're champion eaters, right?
1: Yes. Originally only three dinners, but then Emily arrives at the end to say um you've been avoiding me and you need to come to thanksgiving and it's not me you're mad at and uh just shut up and come
0: but is she wrong
1: though she's not because laurel has a baby but
0: be an adult
1: yes for sure Being an adult also i I understand why Lorelai was pissed based on what happened at yale but also like just get your head out of your ass for once
0: like whatever um so, here's the thing. I really like the fact that Emily came all the way down there and said, I want us all, I want the whole family together before we leave. Um, you can tell she really misses them. hmm And you can tell that she knows Richard fucked up. But yeah. But it wasn't her, you know? Like, don't avoid me kind of thing. So, I just, I kind of felt for her in that moment. Yeah. Um. And for, Ro- and for Lorelai to still be avoiding her when it happened. So we're meant to believe that it happened two weeks ago. Yeah. Or more than that, because she's missed the past two dinners. Um, like, okay, one dinner, fine. You need it to cool off. Two, like, come on. Come on. Uh-huh. Come on. It's too much now.
1: And there's many glimpses where you realize that, like, Lorelai's still that immature 16-year-old who ran away from home. And it's like, she, she never really... Is able to move, like fully move past that. I don't think, at least in the original series, that she's ever able to get over it. I feel like she makes some strides in a year in the life to get past it, but yeah. still not really.
0: No, I know, and it's 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 frustrating as a viewer to watch because you just when you think things are going well, and especially I think season three embodies this really well because um, there's some really great moments between. Lorelai and her parents in season three, mm-hmm. and so just when you think things are moving forward and they're making strides, then Lorlie has to be a baby again, right?
1: Yeah, and honestly, like it, remi- like this, this part of season three reminds me of what happens in the beginning of season six. Mm-hmm. And to me, like to me, this plus that, and then in a year in the life, just the scenes where they're sitting in complete silence in therapy, like yeah. There's pro- probably some of the best, like, Lorelai versus Emily banter. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, but it could it it can, it could take its toll on you as a viewer. For sure. It's like, come on, guys. Push. Get through it. And then I they push, like, shut down, you know? So I think that's why I really appreciated the scene where Emily makes the first move and goes, doesn't call her, but goes to see her and is like, listen, you're going to come. We have <laughs> to move past this. We weren't trying to be malicious. I know it sucks but come on you know yeah you know Lorelai is never gonna do that no so in some ways Lorelai needs to be pushed like that you know
1: so here's my opinion on that like I do think she needs to be pushed in the sense that like she's a baby sometimes and acts like a stupid immature child
0: Uh uh-huh tell us tell us but on
1: the other hand like I still get like I do agree with Emily in this episode that she just like you know suck it up stop being a, a child. Yeah. But on the other hand, like I can never erase what happens at the end of season five and end of season six when like they, they didn't come.
0: I know that yet. So I know,
1: I know, but like it's hard now ha- having seen Gilmore Girls so many times backwards and forwards that it's like you know what happens at the end of season five and that to no, me changes. No point everything. is you
0: don't know Jeffrey.
1: We do know, okay? You want to play dumb? We do know. It's not... We can't just act like nothing happened, okay? Fine. So we do... So, like, just so you know, when we do get to the end of season five, it's going to be a very emotional time for me.
0: Yeah, well, I think everyone was kind of feeling like, what the fuck? Because for years, this show has been about, like, mother-daughter loving relationship. And I think everyone at the end of season five is just a little bit apprehensive as to where the show is going because that relationship is ruptured now.
1: I kind of want to smack everybody. Okay, relax. (laughs)
0: Um, so can we talk about the cat Kirk, uh, (laughs) storyline?
1: That's like probably the, one of the best parts of this episode.
0: Yeah. I think it's the best part of this episode. not going to lie that and drunk Suki. Yes. Cat Kirk. Um, first of all, devil fucking cats. Clearly. Number one, all cats are the devil, but whatever. Um, cat. first of all, Kirk names is Cat Kirk. Yeah. And he's like, I like the name. I'm like, really, Kirk, you like the name? How could you like the name?
1: Honestly, you know what it reminds me of? It's like, you know, when sometimes there's that like therapy cliche where it's like, buy a plant and name it after yourself. And if you can keep the plant alive, that means you can have a relationship or something. Oh
0: my God.
1: I feel like it's like naming a pet after yourself is this kind of like weird self-love tactic where it's like if you learn to love the pet named after yourself, you'll learn to love yourself.
0: Okay, so listen, Kirk is not that deep.
1: No, he's not. But that's what that's it that's what makes me that's think of.
0: I'm Kirk. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so Cat Kirk has scratched Kirk over 60% of his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you just get rid of the fucking cat, Kirk, instead of sleeping in the gazebo?
1: Because it's Kirk. And Kirk, a lot of the time, his logical thinking just goes right out the window.
0: Yeah, clearly.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, so probably one of the best parts of the episode for me.
1: Um, is Can we the- talk about how Paris can't volunteer?
0: Yeah, um, Paris, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Nobody believes you're doing this for the greater good of humanity.
1: And she, like, feels the you need to point that out. Like, you know I'm doing this because I care about other people. It's like, for sure. mm, you know. I think you only care about having this for your college application. And I think you're, like, you're looking at overachieving in the in the rearview mirror at this point. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, <laughs> she's so outraged by the it's fact like- that. Can't volunteer.
1: I'll bring my own ladle. I'm small. I'm
0: just small you can stick me in the corner. Um, that's not how this works, Paris. You kind of yeah. have to wonder, though, poor Paris, that she wants to volunteer. Yeah. Things are still probably not good at home.
1: <laughs> they never like that's that's
0: yeah, never good. But
1: and like that's what that's what you're supposed to believe in the back of your mind. Like Paris cares this much about her schoolwork and her college applications because like her home life is not desirable. Yeah.
0: Like, who else wants to spend Thanksgiving at the soup kitchen? Clearly not a kid who everything's going well for, you know what I mean? No. Which is sad, but what are you going to do?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I feel like the writers at this point uh, love Paris so much as a character that they're trying to, even no matter how small the role is for that day, they're still trying to write her in.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they are.
0: Because they know, like, how much viewers also enjoy her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so this was the smallest thing possible right
1: yeah
0: <laughs> it was literally a small scene at the school um talking about thanksgiving plans with madeline and louise um and yet they really wanted to have her in there <laughs> All yeah. i guess but like paris i think in particular they really wanted her there so i think it shows as season three goes on um we've talked about this before, but how Paris grows as a character too, but how yeah. much also as viewers grow to love her, like For that sure. relationship and neurotic Paris that we all enjoy very much. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, my thoughts on Paris. So the scenes.
1: I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall, like in the writer's room when they were like contemplating what was going to be happening with Paris's character over the course of season three into season four, because like at the end of season three, it's like, you're not really sure if Paris is going to be in the picture anymore. And then it's like, oh, wait, your your journey's not over, or whatever yeah, exactly. it is. <laughs> um,
0: you kind of have to imagine that they, not they knew, but I kind of imagine it as, like, they approached her, and they're like, listen, I think people have grown to love you. We're going to write you in. You're not leaving. You're not going anywhere. Because sure. as an actor, too, it must suck knowing that, like, you're the high school friend. yeah. Are they going to keep you, have you made it? Like, are they going to keep you around as a um, full-time, sorry, character, you know? Yeah. So it must be a really great feeling, like a nod to you when they say, listen, you were only meant to be a a high school friend, but Mm -hmm. the character has been so great that we're going to keep you around for the college years, you know? Yeah. But I kind of think they knew what they were doing by making her get rejected for Harvard.
1: For sure, because it's like, and like they didn't actually say what Paris's plans were going to be after she got rejected from Harvard.
0: Yeah. Well, she was um, she got rejected from Harvard, but she got into Princeton and Yale. We know that like at the end of the graduation party, whatever. Right. But um, like you don't know as a viewer if she's going to be back. You would hope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, at least I would as a viewer. <laughs> but um, yeah, the good old days where you didn't know about contract negotiations on the internet <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Because now we could just be like, oh, no, I saw it. Her contract got renewed. She's coming. <laughs> back then, you are just like, is she coming back?
1: <laughs> so true.
0: Yeah. So um, kind of love that little snippet, even though it was too short. Um. So the main event is the Thursday of Thanksgiving. Yes. First up on the list is going to Mrs. Kim's because it's early morning. Then Suki's. Then Luke's. Then Emily's. Yeah. So... I, whenever I watch this episode, I always think of, like, the amount of food. I always think of Greek Easter. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, Greek Easter, we fast for, well, we're supposed to fast for 50 days beforehand. And then at midnight, go to midnight mass, and then we're allowed to eat. Um, Which, at that point, you're so starving because you've been eating nothing but celery that you're like, give me all the food. Um, (laughs) So, we eat at midnight, and then we wake up, go to bed, like, at 2.00. Wake up five hours later and eat again. So I think this Thanksgiving, for me, would be a piece of cake.
1: I'm sorry, you lost me. You're, you're, you're supposed to fast for 50 days?
0: Yeah, you're supposed to fast for 50 days.
1: Fast 50 is like not eating, right?
0: 50 or 40, depending on who you talk to. Okay. Um, it's, not, it's not not eating. It's not eating meat, dairy, oil.
1: Right. Okay. Well, I was confusing like fasting with you know just starving yourself, and I'm like, no, uh,
0: no honey, that's Ramadan.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs>
0: but even Ramadan, they break fast at sun sunset. Right. Um. But yeah, so we we are not supposed to eat that stuff. But technically, we own, my family at least only does it during Holy Week, so the week before Easter. Okay. Because if not, like if I had to not eat dairy and meat and and everything. Like, for those 50, 40 days, whatever it is, like, fuck
1: off. That's just not realistic. No,
0: that whole fucking week, holy week, I shouldn't say fucking holy week, but, you know. (laughs) I did it, sorry. That whole week, I'm the crankiest person you will ever meet in your
1: life. I am not surprised.
0: so cranky. And then it always gets to, like, Saturday. You know Saturday's the last day, and you're like, oh, my God, come on, midnight. <laughs> so you end up taking, like, 80 naps so the time can go by faster. Yeah. Oh, anyways. All this to say that I think I would be able to eat this Thanksgiving feast.
1: And, like, it doesn't seem to me that they eat very much at Mrs. Kim's, so it's like, can we even really qualify that as...
0: I mean, do they even eat at Suki's?
1: Not really. They kind of, like, nibble.
0: So, I don't know.
1: They didn't like they don't stay for turkey at suki's so they didn't have like actually four meals.
0: Yeah, I think they only have an actual meal at Luke's. But you know, at the end where they're like, oh, we didn't really eat at my parents. How could you not eat at your parents?
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking that like they kind of just were lazy and didn't actually even eat for meals. So it's like uh you weren't champions of anything.
0: Yeah, you fucking deceived us. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, all that to say, I would crush this challenge.
1: Before we discuss the other aspects of the Thanksgiving dinners, Mm -hmm. um, I think we also have to acknowledge, at least um, from my perspective, that this episode is the beginning of this ridiculous um, narrative surrounding Dean.
0: Yeah.
1: Where it's like,
0: "Oh
1: oh, poor Dean. It's like Dean is the victim for the rest of season three. And you asked me in the beginning of our season three of this podcast, why do I have mixed feelings about season three? And this is why, because, you know, Lorelai references that, like, oh, he's your first, second boyfriend. It's like, it's going to be different. Everyone's going to get used to it. It's like, no, they didn't. And you didn't even give Jess a fair chance, a fair shot, a fair anything, because it's all about how Dean is so hard done by, Dean's the victim, Dean, this is Dean's town. Like, no one cares about Dean. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, so I... (laughs) I have a problem with the way Lorelai, when she goes into the market, I have a problem with the way she kind of picks sides.
1: Which is weird, right?
0: It's fucking weird that you would pick his side over your daughter's.
1: And, like, not to say that, like, Lorelai has to be rude or ignore him, but, like, don't be like, oh, we didn't break up, we're still friends, like, that's weird.
0: Yeah, to go out of your way to tell this teenager, like, we can still be friends. Like, that's fucking weird, Lorelai. I'm not telling you to, like, whip him off a building. I'm telling you to, like, you can still smile when you see him, but come on. Where does your allegiance lie?
1: It's weird because you wouldn't expect, like, be a mom and not be a, like, be a parent for once.
0: Yeah, don't be a friend. Be a parent. Exactly. You don't have to please everyone.
1: Like she doesn't have to like she wouldn't like I said, you know, she doesn't she didn't have to be rude to him or ignore him. Like she could say, like, hi, how are you, whatever. But like pleasant small talk, that's it. Like
0: But pleasant small talk and not this bullshit of like, oh my god, you were a pal. You were the best first boyfriend a mother could ask for. Oh, fuck off. That's just like it's 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 just reaffirming to Dean that like nobody likes Jess for a reason.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: So for me, it is kind of like picking sides between your your daughter's ex boyfriend and your daughter, because your daughter made her choice, right? Yes. Don't go out of your way then to like go and tell her ex boyfriend that he's amazing.
1: And it's also reaffirming to like the audience and the viewers, like that's like that to me is kind of solidifying this narrative that like Dean is always superior, Which at least in this, at least at this point.
0: Yeah, at this point in the show, for
1: real. Because especially that you know everyone already has this preconceived notion of jess as the you know the villain who like almost killed rory in a car accident or whatever it's like the the troublemaker in town like that was like that was enough as it was but then it's like everyone had what this idea of rory and dean being forever and what andy hardy love sweethearts like it just doesn't make sense to me and especially because jess even pointed out it's like he says it's not the first time a couple has broken up because everyone's acting as if like what the, the sidewalk has cracked and everyone has fallen through because Dean and Rory broke up
0: but the thing is she's also so ridiculous Rory in this instance because he's like it's not the first time a couple's broken up and she's like it's, it, is, it is for us no it isn't
1: <laughs> it's true because he they broke, broke up, up once
0: he bro- by the way sweetheart let's remember he broke up with you because you wouldn't tell him I love you mm-hmm. whenever you're feeling bad for Dean just think of that
1: uh, whenever you're feeling bad for Dean, why don't you remember? Why don't you remember that at the end of season four? Yeah. Um, okay, it. fine. We'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to it later. Stop it. Later. It's so rude. But just know that he is no perfect angel. Okay.
0: Yeah, not a fucking angel. Okay. Let's move on. Um. <laughs> so Korean Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, I love how Lorelai knows the entire Kim clan. Yeah, so that to me is like another layer of Lane and Rory's friendship where you just know that Lorelai has been going to Mrs. Kim's all these years, knows her entire family. It's a yeah. tradition for them. They really have been friends for a very long time, you know?
1: It's, it's but, cute. Yeah,
0: I found that very, very sweet. Um, what I did not like was fucking No. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine like being ready to eat a full Thanksgiving feast and it's like Tofurky?
0: Oh, God counts. <laughs> so furky Like first of all guys, tofu doesn't taste like anything, right? No tofu tastes like what you make it taste like. Yeah. Meaning like it tastes like what you season it with. Mm-hmm. So what would you season it with in this case?
1: Honestly, I just like I wouldn't eat it. Like I wouldn't just not eat it. I'm sorry.
0: Why'd you put it on your plate, Lorelai?
1: I know. <laughs> There's
0: so much of it too. Oh God! Yeah, that to me was like I don't I don't I don't know. Um, but what was really nice was Dave coming to play.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But they're they're still keeping up this whole charade,
1: which is like it's so exhausting. It's like and it's and it's such a teen drama thing, you know, where it's like at least at least like something's working in Lane's favor this time. Yeah. But the same, but like on the other hand, just. You know, I already said it. Dave Vergalski pisses me off. So it's just, like, move it along. I don't, you know?
0: Okay, fine. But, um, I still have things to
1: say. <laughs> no, because, like, you know what I mean? Dave Vergowski just kind of... He always... He almost, like, he's too committed to Lane's whole charade. Like, I feel like he could have been... I'm not going to say he could have, like, gave her an ultimatum and said, like, oh, well, it's me or your mom. Like, that wouldn't have worked. But, like... I think he could have I don't know. I feel like he could have at least maybe like l- played with m- m- like everything. played with like played with Mrs. Kim's emotions less maybe. You know what I mean?
0: Okay, so I know what you mean. But at the same time, do we really blame Lane?
1: No, I don't.
0: Or you know, Because, look, deep down, deep down, scratch that. (laughs) If I was a court stenographer, I'd be like, nope. Um, So, Lane knows Dave is a good guy, right? Yeah. But that doesn't matter to Mrs. Kim. No. She wants a certain type of good guy. Yeah. So, I feel like, yes, it's kind of awkward to be deceiving your mother so much at this stage. But, number one, do we really blame her? And number two if it's going to make her mother see that he's a good guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, I get their plan kind of thing, you know?
1: I know. And I'm like, we, we all know crazy. that Mrs. Kim is ridiculous and, we, and she can't, like, she won't ever bend the rules, at least at this point. So it's like, I understand why they're going through this whole song and dance of getting Mrs. Kim to like Dave beforehand, but it still doesn't work, really. Like, it does a little bit, but not in the way that they've wanted, I don't think.
0: I mean, it does work in the end,
1: right? Yes, but it's just, it's like, I think it's just unfortunate to watch because you know that like, in order to live some kind of semblance of the life that she wants, she always has to be deceiving her mother.
0: Well, at least, yeah, at least until she's still living with her. Yeah. Until she's not living with her anymore is what I meant to say. mm mm-hmm. um, Okay, let's move on to Suki's Thanksgiving dinner.
1: Okay, it needs to be said Suki and Jackson are rednecks.
0: Okay, so I wrote in my notes, the people at Suki's are fucking We First I wrote they're fucking weird, and then I crossed it out, and I'm like, they look like meth heads.
1: That, too.
0: It looked like the weirdest bunch of people. Where did you find these people?
1: I feel like it's all Jackson's family.
0: Is it, though?
1: I don't, like, Jackson's friends, extended family, I don't know, but... Whatever That's they are, I don't want any part of it. Come
0: on, that was a weird bunch of people that were gathered.
1: <laughs> they were, like, deep-frying everything.
0: Deep-fry a shoe. Oh, my God, okay.
1: A napkin.
0: A napkin, yeah. Listen, pickles? Fine. But, I don't know. Yeah, so, Suki is upset because Jackson wants to deep-fry her turkey. hmm Her 20-pound organically grown turkey. Um... It has to be rough, though, for a chef to be like, yeah, you take the reins.
1: Considering she also had to, like, hand over control of the inn that night to somebody else. Exactly. And she was having a whole breakdown in the beginning.
0: Now, listen, me? I would have been like, I'm going to sit back, have a drink, and whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Suki's not wired that way.
1: (laughs) And, like, I can't really blame her, considering her husband's, like, going completely off book. And, like, I'm going to deep fry a fucking turkey. Like, no. No, we're not doing that.
0: I feel like it was super smart to keep it from her until the morning of
1: for sure because you know that she you know that that wouldn't have that wouldn't have flown.'
0: She'd been like hell no <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> but anyways um, so Suki's freaking out rightfully so her lawn gets set on fire mm.
1: um,
0: they tried to put junior in there. Hello
1: long pause sorry <laughs> um they put yeah no they put like why would they put a child in a deep frying machine
0: I don't know if it was a child or if it was the guy's nephew I'm not sure but it was just a weird scene it's it's not something that I picture going together with Suki do you know what I mean like it's not something like when I when I think of Suki I don't associate that scene with her <laughs>
1: No, because, you, like, she's not really part of it. She's, like, she's just getting drunk in the corner.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. It was, like, worlds colliding for me yesterday.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: what the fuck? Uh, I, I was, like, how did you two get married?
1: And it's only, like, now that we're realizing that they're just not a good couple.
0: I mean, we realized it way before, <laughs>
1: but... And now it's, like, just blatantly obvious.
0: Yeah, now to me, I'm just like, you guys are not it. You guys are something else.
1: (laughs) It's like, you are off the map, off the charts. I don't know how to describe you. It's a
0: lot to digest. It's a lot. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. That was weird for me. I like at the end when they come back and they see her a little bit drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, That to me was funny.
1: She's like, am I crying or laughing? Oh, good. that's,
0: That's honestly a really good scene. (laughs) <laughs> but um I don't know that scene made me uncomfortable
1: because she was so drunk
0: no not that scene like the whole Thanksgiving at her house like it's just not something I associate with Suki
1: no I'm not something well, I, I associate with the
0: wrong wor- word it's just it, it was a little unsettling to see her in that environment you know what I mean
1: yeah and not it's not something that you associate with yourself either so it's like I don't want any part of that yeah well whatever
0: I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Greek people also, like, roast a lamb on a spit in their front lawn, so maybe not.
1: True. Um,
0: but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm used to, Suki makes curry course breakfast for the girls.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, on a Monday, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I guess to see her, like, so uncomfortable herself is like, oh, no, Suki.
1: True.
0: I don't know. Whatever. Um, then they go on to Luke's. Nice. And um, they find out what happened to Kirk with Cat Kirk.
1: Poor when, Kirk and Cat Kirk.
0: It's when he says he's scratched over sixty percent of his body. Poor fucking Kirk. I don't Just even. Just
1: get know. rid of the cat.
0: But that's it. Go away. Throw it in a river. <laughs>
1: oh my god. Okay, that's a bit extensive.
0: Oh, that's excessive. Remember when you wanted Fran to die?
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I still stand by that.
0: Okay. Well, then you have no rights, sir. <laughs> Oh my God,
1: she's so stupid.
0: Yeah, so um... Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: relax. That bit with the vase. Yes. Is everything we love about Lorelai and Luke's banter.
1: And it's just like, get a room.
0: Yeah, seriously. Let's let's ease the sexual tension by doing it. <laughs> like, come on, it's time. Come on.
1: Not yet, unfortunately.
0: I know, I know, it's not time. <laughs> um, so Rory and Jess kiss.
1: Yes. A and very th- embarrassing kiss, apparently.
0: Okay, so apparently it was a gross kiss. It was a lame kiss, excuse me, according to her mother. Number one, weird. Yes. Weird that your mother is commenting that your kiss was lame Also, what did you want her to do in the diner? Throw him down on the table and climb him?
1: I know. That's what I would have done, but...
0: Oh, God. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, wh- it's Thanksgiving, you know... You're- Listen, from Rory's point of view, from Murray's perspective, it's Thanksgiving. You're already a little bit apprehensive because it's new. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, you know your mother doesn't like him very much. Um, so you're probably not wanting to flaunt it, right? And you're probably just saying, okay, I'm going to peck him because it's fucking Thanksgiving and we're in a public place. Yeah. Lame old kiss. Babette's like, you got to give it a little something. <laughs> what is this?
1: It's because, it's just, there's no winning, because it's, like, if, if they had been flaunting it, so to speak, they would have, everyone been like, ugh, like, tone it down. Yeah. But now they're not actually, they're not, like, they're, they, they've toned it so down, they're like, oh, lame kiss, like, give me a show. And the thing you, is, like, for
0: me, is, like, stop trying to please the whole town. I know. Like, stop, stop thinking about what the town is going to say. Oh, people got used to me with Dean. I don't know how to act. What are people going to say? It doesn't fucking matter what they're going to say. No. It's your life. Yeah. It's your life. Jess treats you right up until now. (laughs) Yes. Like it's, and Dean didn't, it wasn't working. It's your fucking life. It's, it's nobody's business. It's not Babette's business. It's not Maury's business. It's your responsibility is to make sure you're taking care of
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you're feeling okay, and who gives a fuck what all the other townspeople think?
1: Yeah, it's true because even late, even later, like w- after she and Jess had been together for a while, she's still so insecure about what Dean thinks and yeah. what, and what like Dean's family or you know the town and Dean might in like might infer as like a slight towards him. It's like, okay, are you dating Jess or not?
0: So here's the problem that I have with this. It's because it would be fine if she, she got over it. Like, okay, I get it. It's still the beginning stages and you don't want to flaunt it because she's considerate, blah, blah, blah. But then the problem becomes that even later on in the season, she's still so apprehensive with him. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he definitely picks up on that. And that's why at the whole party scene where he freaks out about Dean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's because she always still cares about what Dean has to say. Yeah. So he definitely picks up on that, right? Yes. I mean, I'm and not he- going to say it's her, it's her fault. I'm just saying it's just it. It, oh, it was never going to work if you weren't going to be committed 100%.
1: No. And like that's part of my issue, too, is that, you know, Yes, I am biased towards towards Jess and Rory because I love Jess, but at the same time, I'm also, like, I will admit that he was not a perfect boyfriend, Mm -hmm. but but at the same time, it's like, you also didn't give him the chance to be a perfect boyfriend. Like, he was already, like, almost damaged goods because of everyone's perception of him before they even were dating. Yeah, and so even like the narrative while they were dating was still against him. So it's like everyone gets upset when we shit on Dean. It's like, oh well, Jess wasn't perfect either. It's like, no, he wasn't. But like Dean had such a bigger platform to be perfect, to be not perfect. Like de- like Jess didn't have, just wasn't given the range, unfortunately. Exactly. And that's nope. what bothers me more than the fact that he wasn't perfect. Like I'm not, I never claimed that he was perfect. I just think that he wasn't given the same. Chance to have maybe maybe be perfect if he wanted to.
0: Yeah, even when we fast forward a little bit to the the other scene of when he goes over to Emily's house.
1: Mm, yes.
0: Right away, she assumes that he provoked Dean, and that's why he has a black eye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, even Rory never really gave him a chance. So it's it's normal to feel insecure if you're constantly being. I don't know let down I don't know what the term is
1: yes let down and also like there I feel like even if Jess had been given a fair shot like he would have been limited as a boyfriend as it was just because like he came from a broken like he came from a broken family Let's let's not
0: disregard the fact that fucking you know he was also very not communicative and very angry
1: exactly and also because you know his mother was a flake all of his life and just like sent him away. The, like, as soon as she couldn't deal anymore, it's like, it's hard to know how to communicate properly at such a young age when most of your life has been a shit show.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, it's it, yeah. Um, all this to say, it's not that Jess was the perfect boyfriend. Like we talk, we talk about this all the time. He definitely has his flaws but it's not always his fault. Okay, guys?
1: So back off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> back off
0: Jeffrey's boyfriend, please.
1: Yes, please. Hands off.
0: Oh, hands off or back off?
1: Because
0: um, I feel like hands off implies, like, he's mine.
1: Okay, hands off.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the Gilmore Thanksgiving, the last Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, dear.
0: Oh, dear, indeed. Um... So, the one thing Emily said to her was that there were going to be other people there, so don't worry. It's not going to be, the focus is not going to be on you. No. But I feel like Lorelai has to make it
1: about her. Right? Okay, I always think that when I watch this episode, because, you know, even, like, that's the thing, like, Lorelai jumps at the chance to not have it be about her in the Gilmore context, like the Gilmore household, mm-hmm. but like every single time that Emily says that or Emily invites her somewhere and it's not about Lo- Lorelai for once, it always ends up being about Lorelai.
0: Okay, so my thing is you didn't have to make a scene like that.
1: You're in an f- immature child.
0: Yeah, in front of your parents' friends at Thanksgiving over the stupidest thing. Your child didn't suddenly spring it on you that her grandfather kidnapped her and brought her back to Yale. Your no. child just said I needed a backup school and we're aiming for the Ivies so why not Yale. Yeah. Right? And you react like that? Are you serious?
1: And we have to also talk about how dumb she sounds. Like are you like are you stupid? Do you not know that you like when you're applying to universities, let alone Ivy League schools, you you don't you don't just apply to one. Like what? She's like I'm sorry. She sounded so stupid. She's like
0: she sounded very ignorant of the fact that like I think in her mind she was just like well it's a given that she's gonna get into Harvard right so why even apply anywhere else? But exactly. That just, that just sounds so fucking stupid on your
1: part, right? She's like, like what? We applied elsewhere. Like like Chilton wouldn't allow that. They wouldn't. Is that a thing? I didn't know. My daughter's so perfect. She's going. To, she's going to Harvard.
0: Yeah, no, I think in that moment, I think it, the the moment got the best of her too. Yeah. I think if Rory had told her beforehand in another environment, in another place, maybe she wouldn't have reacted so much. But because her parents were right there and she hadn't seen them since the whole fiasco and whatnot, it just got to her and it was just annoying. It was all around annoying that you would fucking just do that in front of everybody.
1: Like causes a scene, throws a fit.
0: Leaves, like throws her napkin down, leaves. Apparently they didn't stay for dinner. So like you're being a you're being ridiculous.
1: But I also love what, what Emily says to her when she goes outside to, like, I chase know. after her. She's like, you hate us that much.
0: Yeah, you can't even let her have this little part of me. And by the way, it's not you can't let her have this little part of me um, because we're forcing it of us. Because we're forcing it on her. It's, you can't let her have this little part of us if she wants it. Exactly. You know, we always forget that it's her fucking choice.
1: It's, it's not, not like Emily and Richard are, are tying her hands and being like, she's going to Yale and your mother's gonna deal with it. Like that's not what's happening at all.
0: But yeah, that's the point that I that's the that's the problem that I struggle with whenever this topic comes up. Both like in last episode and whenever they're talking about Yale. It's it's so disrespectful of her to sit there and talk about how her daughter is just like this Bambi who doesn't have free will. Mm-hmm. Um like, right in front of her, oh, you manipulated her. You didn't know they were doing it. Like, she's not some fawn in the woods. Exactly. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't do it. Like, really, there's moments where Lorelai... There's moments where all your favorite TV characters do something fucking stupid. Um, every time we're talking about Yale, it's one of them for me. With, yeah. With Lorelai. Because I, I don't even know how to respond
1: for real. And it's so frustrating because, like, just a couple episodes later when they decide that Rory is, in fact, going to Yale. Yeah. Um Like, Lorelai's whole demeanor changes just because, like, Rory t- made the decision on her own. And they go to Friday night dinner and, they're, and Richard and Emily are like, oh, well, whatever. You
0: know, yeah. You know what I really, really would have loved to see in that episode, in that instance? What? First of all, the fact that Richard and Emily didn't gloat right away. Mm-hmm. And needed, like, a nudge from Lorelai when she said that everyone's happy. Yeah. Like, that to me shows, like, Lorelai could never, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> like, she would never fucking do that, right? No. Um, so, kudos to them for that. And then number two is, like, I really would have loved to see her just apologize.
1: Which she doesn't.
0: Which she doesn't. She gets a little half assed, like, I know we've had our differences, but we're both really happy about this. That's not a fucking apology. No.
1: Nope.
0: Okay? You can apologize to your parents for being such a fucking brat, even though you're 35 years old. Thank you. And say, listen, okay, yeah, I know we've had our differences, but, like, I, I was being an asshole.
1: Yeah, like, okay, hey, cool, thanks, bye, ciao. Like,
0: no, she was just like, no, we're really happy about this, don't worry. I'm like no, no.
1: I want to worry. You're you're a, a, a yeah. dick sometimes.
0: Yeah. So as much as we always say that Richard and Emily like push sometimes, and we can understand why Lorelai doesn't want to be around them, sometimes I have to think that she wasn't an easy child to raise either, right?
1: <laughs> no. And I and I'm and I'm just thinking back to what Emily said in episode eight about how like um, aside from the fact of like. Aside from the from how Richard went about making the appointment behind the, everyone's back, like, his, his intentions were admirable. Exactly. Because, like, not to ever take their side, but in this instance, like, Richard was just trying to show Rory other opportunities because it, because we all know that it wasn't like Lorelai was, was about to say, oh, but he, well, look at Yale. Yale's good. Like, no, it would have been like, Yale sucks. Yale's my parents. Yale's the antichrist.
0: Yeah, and I said it last week too, like, you, you would, you're so, like, blinded by your rage that you wouldn't even consider your daughter applying to one of the best schools in the country, in the world. Yeah. You would want her to miss out on that just because you don't like your parents. It's true. It's so ridiculous. Whatever, I don't know what to say other than
1: that. Swallowing her pride is, like, not, is, like, a foreign concept.
0: Yeah, she can't do it. She could never. Um, last scene I wanted to talk about was the Jess and Dean scene.
1: Oh, I thought you'd never ask.
0: Yeah, because that was also fucking ridiculous. So they get home from the Thanksgiving dinners and they're going to Luke's, and Rory, because she thinks the coast is clear, I guess, kisses Dean, uh, kisses Dean, ugh, kisses Jess. Um, and Dean is behind and sees.
1: And I think Rory kissing him like that spontaneously was a result of her mother saying, like, listen, you got you got to let it go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: And so she and so she lets it go and then Dean sees them and. ugh.
0: Yeah, well, that whole interaction for me was, first of all, so fucking awkward.
1: Can I just say the more and more that I see this episode, like it makes me laugh, like I laugh, like it's comedy like, it's, yeah. it's as if you're a, Dean is a comedian. Like, I'm supposed to be scared of you? Like,
0: what? Listen, so remember in the first season of our podcast when we were talking about the dance episode? Yes. And I told you, like, Dean and Tristan's interaction was just pure comedy to me. Exactly. But for, like, teenage girls in the 2000s, it was meant to be this, like, oh, protector. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is for me, but, like, even worse now. Yeah. Because, like, who are you threatening Jolly Green Giant, like, what are you, what are you even saying, this is my town? It's Congrats, so Star Solo, like, what do you want?
1: And I think even for, like, the most, like, you know, um, like, uneducated, like, beginners, like, of, of a viewer, yeah. They, like, even if, like, let's say, for example, you're watching Gilmore Girls for the first time, I'm sorry, is it not already clear that Jess trumps Dean in every like category maybe maybe not like a physical fight because jess because dean is bigger i guess but like in every other interaction they've had like dean has just scorched him no jess has just scorched him yeah i was
0: about to say what are you saying (laughs)
1: no jess has just scorched him it's like
0: listen for me it's not even about that for me it's like you broke up with rory because she liked jess right yeah so okay, I understand you're still hurt. I understand if it we're up to you, you guys would still be together. But you broke up with her for a reason. Mhm. Okay? And then to to like, it's true what Jess said. It's getting to West Side Story. It really is. Like, what is this?
1: Like, buddy, are you actually going? Like, I is, does anybody believe a word you're saying?
0: No, it was like you said. It was just like fucking pure comedy to me. Like, I can't understand. I don't know. I I don't have
1: to say calm around you, and I like that feeling. I'm sorry. Does anything ever actually, like, do you actually ever lose your cool and beat him to death? No? Oh, what a shame.
0: I don't know anymore. Like, for me, honestly, it's too much. Like, (laughs) that whole scene, I was, like, cringe, but, like, laughing. Like, you can't look away, but you want to because you get, like, secondhand embarrassment. (laughs)
1: just it's I'm, i laugh like i laugh my ass off every time i watch now but
0: you know what it is true i will have to i do have to say it is true what jess says about that whole thing because if something knock on wood were to happen i don't know why i'm knocking on wood like i wish death on somebody it's a television <laughs> show and we already know what happens um <laughs> but if something were to happen between them it's true everyone would automatically blame jess right
1: as Rory does when yeah, he's attacked by a he, swan,
0: and Dean knows that now. Yeah. Um. So he definitely takes advantage, I think.
1: Mhm. Especially later that. on.
0: Yeah.
1: I won't say anymore because we're gonna have a lot of feelings, but.
0: Well, yeah.
1: This um, this is only the beginning.
0: That's true. But yeah, so eventful episode, very witty episode. With the right amount of sprinkled Kirk in there.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And um, that's all I had to say for this episode. Do you have anything else to say?
1: I do have to point out that in my notes for episode nine, I wrote twice Dean can choke.
0: Yeah, that's your favorite go to now, right?
1: It really is. And they all lived halfway ever after. Okay, well,
0: that's not true. Um, <laughs> where can they find us, Jeffrey?
1: um they can follow us on instagram at gilmore girls podcast
0: and where can they follow us on twitter for our, their unsolicited opinions
1: yes on tweeters they can find us at gilmore podcast
0: and they can write us an email as well
1: yes GilmorePodcast at gmail.com should you feel the need to send us mail
0: yes please we do enjoy it yes so feel free and uh, we'll see you next week
1: yes thank you for listening
0: bye guys